that's kind of what it was like for me. I just had to internally retreat from the outside, from the business, from the real estate, from everything. And I just had to focus on my three children and myself. Uh, again, you've lost your spouse. She was 41 years old at the time. And it's like, uh, okay, now what do I do? So that's where I decided that's my impact. I can help other fathers. And if I can help other fathers, if this is what it really came down to in the sense of my mission. If I help other fathers get themselves financially prepared, then they can teach their kids. And now we're start talking generational stuff, right? Because there's a lot of fathers out there who are in some trouble. And you know what? We look back at the belief systems and how they were brought up, what environment they were brought up in, you'll start seeing similarities. And that's the cycle I want to break. Um, it, it, let's just say that it would have been something that I wish I would have done when my wife was here. That's Jay Gabrani, and I'm Brian Felchuk. The Do A Day Podcast. Will you hear from the most inspiring people who have been through hard times, overcome them, and have turned around to help others with what they've learned? I'm your host, Brian Falchuk. I know because I've lived it myself. I've written about it in my book, Do A Day, and that's why I'm bringing you this show. Remember, today's a new day. Go out and do it. Hey, day doers. Welcome to another episode of the Do A Day podcast. I have another great guest on, as usual. Today, we're talking to Jay Gabrani. Jay shares uh, a story that's really close to my heart. Because, you know, for those of you who know my backstory, there's a moment where it looked like my wife wasn't going to pull through. She did. Uh, Jay's didn't. And that, that's really at the heart of what led him down the path that he's on now. He's, uh, he's an accountant by training, um, but that's not what he does today. He started something called Prepared Fathers. And it's really uh, to try to change the situation uh, for those facing something like he did, or to prepare people in case they do face it because he wasn't prepared. And he battled through a lot of things to protect his family, to bring it back together at a time when he should have been focused on grieving and caring for his kids and their needs emotionally, physically, et cetera. Uh, but, you know, the the sort of process, the logistics, the finances of it all demand your attention. Uh, and so he is trying to educate people so that should the worst happen, they're actually prepared for it and they can focus on what really matters and not, you know, getting documents signed and getting permission to access things and paying bills and, and all that. Uh, his mission's really clear. It's empowering fathers to be financially prepared regardless of life's curveballs. And, you know, as a father, he's very father focused, but his lessons are not gender specific or role specific. Um, they're really about being prepared for these moments of devastation, you know, moments where everything's turned upside down and you should focus on what's going on as a human, uh, not, not logistically or financially. So really, really important stuff. Um, Jay shares his story, shares about his loss. Um, you know, it, it hit home for me. I'm sure there are listeners out there who it will really touch and, if it doesn't touch you directly, I hope it never does, but the lessons are still important. So let's tune in with Jay Gabrani. Jay Gabrani, thanks for joining me today. Great to be here, Brian. 
I'm trying to remember. I should have I should check this before starting. But uh, was it Kim Sutton who connected us? Yes, That's that what is I thought. right. Okay. Yes. Kim's incredible. She uh, <laughs> she interviewed me, and that just unlocked this huge connection and and friendship. And uh, so basically, Wonderful I see person. an email from her. I I almost don't have to read anything else. I just say yes. But, uh, <laughs> yes, definitely. But I did read something else, and and obviously, the more I dug into your story, I completely understood why she wanted to connect us. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm really thankful and, and excited to have you on today. I appreciate that. So I want to hear a little bit about what you do now, but then I want to step back and, and we can build to why you're doing what you do now. So just a quick overview, like what's your, your focus sure. right now? Sure. So I, um, I'm the founder of a company called Prepared Fathers. And the, uh, basically, we help empower fathers financially. So as we dig into my story, you'll kind of see my own experiences. And um, uh, I want to basically help other fathers with any of those issues that surround their finances. Okay. So it's financial focused, but your story is, is sort of ends up there. That's right. It, yeah. So so let, let, let's, let's just get into the backstory. And I think anyone who's listening to this will very quickly understand why you're on the show today. Sure. So you, you had a pause in your career. You had the sabbatical. That's right. What, what was going on with the sabbatical? What, what was yes. leading up to it? And, and what was that all about? Sure. So, I mean, like to give you some general background context before I dig into that uh, actual experience a little bit. Uh, born and raised Toronto. You know, middle class upbringing the whole time. I took a I took a trip when I was about in my teens, and I went to India, and it was there I got exposed to my grandfather's business, and I was enthralled, Brian. Like my parents had come here; they were both working. Uh, I got my first experience in business was watching him, okay. and he told me on that trip. He said, "If you ever want to be free, uh, do business." So I came back from that trip. I told my parents, "Yep." never going to work for anyone after 25. Uh, they, they rolled their eyes a little bit and they said, just go get an education. I did that, went and did a professional accounting degree, did all the articling, did all the exams and all that. Yeah. And the last day I ever worked for anyone, it was a, it was a firm called Price Waterhouse. Heard of and them. it was, yeah. the, it was the day of my, uh, the day before my 25th birthday. So you literally so did exactly what you said. I did exactly oh. what I said I was going to do in my teens. And let's just say that was December 27th, 1996. Ever since then, you can say I have been on the up and down road of entrepreneurship, owned several different businesses. Uh, the thing that I've done reasonably well is real estate investing. So that gives you like, we can do, talk about any of the different businesses. If yeah. you want, they may come up. But uh, what it really led to was, you know, I was the business and outward focus spouse. I got married okay. in 2004. Okay. Three kids, 2005, 2007, 2009. Wow. Okay. So yeah. let's just say everything was hyperspeed. Yeah. Okay. Really busy. Um, Can I ask you one thing, though, in this process before you? So your yes. grandfather's advice about being free, did yes. you find that to be true? Uh, if you ask me in the first few years of my career, definitely no. Um, because that's I what I'm thinking business. with the speed of everything. Yeah. It, you know what? Uh, again, back then though, mm-hmm. especially back then when I was getting started in my, the, like at 25, uh, there was no internet. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, like the world has opened up and changed completely different ways in the yeah. last 20 years, like so rapidly too. Uh, much more so than the previous like 500 years. Yeah. Let's yeah, put it yeah. that way. Yeah. So um, when I started, no, it wasn't easy. 
my first business was a, a restaurant, a big restaurant, franchise, cafe, restaurant. And I had that for like 13 years, like wow. did pretty well, you know, did a million dollars a year in sales, had like 30, 40 employees. Uh, but it wasn't easy. Yeah. Now that you asked me 22 years later with all the changes in technology and now that I've had a lot of experiences in my career, I do find that. Yes. Okay. 100%. Okay. Yes. I, I'm in complete control of my day. I schedule my time the way I want. Um, I drop off and pick up my kids every day from school yeah. by choice. Yeah. That type of stuff. Right. Yeah. So yes, I do find it now. Yeah. Control um, is, I think control is a heart of freedom there. It's not about having nothing to do. It's about, yeah, it, what you do oh, is what yeah. you decide to do. If, if you so choose by choice. Yeah. yeah. I think the, the key word here is choice is you get to kind of design your life. Yeah. The way you, the way you want, right? Like the whole wake up or workout or what's business time, what's family time, all those type of things. Yeah. And that's kind of what I've been doing for uh, a very long time because I knew, I, I knew when my grandfather gave me that piece of advice, I knew that I wasn't going to work for anyone like long-term. I, I was unemployable in yeah. that respect. Like it just didn't, it wasn't going to happen. I just did all that things, all that stuff, the accounting stuff, uh, to make my parents happy. Gotcha. However, when we talk about what I'm doing today, the accounting stuff, the knowledge of it all comes in very, very, very handy. Yeah. All right. So the, I, I definitely with the advice that you're giving fathers right now, the accounting, yeah, that's going to be pretty crucial. Yes. Um, but you, you have a little bit more behind you of why you're qualified to do that. So let's, I, I cut sure. you off as you're about to get into the sabbatical. Yes. Uh, so the sabbatical, Brian, I mean, like I, I know the audience out there right now, uh, they are kind of in that same position where uh, mine was with traditional households. So I was the outwardly focused entrepreneur, spouse, business, real estate, investing, all that stuff. And my wife was responsible for the whole domestic cycle, kids cycle, etc. Yeah. Very, both very distinct roles, but both equally needed. Yeah. So again, we had three young kids at home. All right. Uh, again, there's, there's parents in your audience and they're going to really resonate kind of with where I'm going to go here. And, let me also preface this by saying that the reason I'm going to talk about these things is because it was certainly a very painful experience, but, um, one of my top five values is genuineness. So I share this with the audience because I already know what I'm going to talk about. There are definitely 100% people in the audience who are either going through this themselves or they have a family member going through it. Yeah. So what I'm going to talk about now is in, uh, I'll take you back to 2011. My wife had a little slip and fall. You know, again, busy lifestyle, everything fine. We're managing, uh, doing okay. She had a slip and fall. She hurt her back. The next day, she went to the doctor, and the doctor prescribed her painkillers called Oxycontins. Yeah. Okay? And let's just say that um, that was the start of a very slippery slope. Okay? It was three years. From 2011 to 2014, uh, life completely changed, whereas we were – um, energetic and go, go, go and moving towards our goals before that day. Uh, after that day, yeah, life just turned. She unfortunately developed an addiction to those painkillers. And I think the, especially specifically the moms in your audience would understand that 
Now throw that on top of three young children yeah. again, 2005, 2007, 2009. So let's just say there was also episodes of postpartum depression um, and the self-esteem uh, when you, when again, I had never had any experience in anything like that. Yeah. We don't get trained as anything like that for fathers. Like there's no, we don't go through this stuff knowing what to do. Um, and I, I didn't quite know what to do. I was of the mindset back then of, well, the snap out of it crowd, Yeah. you know, like just get out of it, snap out of it. Like, stop. you know, three kids yeah. stop. Yeah. And it was so wrong. Yeah. It was so wrong on my part. Uh, it certainly didn't help her. Uh, so the, that three years, Brian, like I, I can't describe to you the change, uh, from the beginning of that period to the end. Like my wife could, she had developed such deep depression and became so addicted uh, to those pills. Like it's really all she could do. It's all yeah. she could think about. Um, it was like lie in bed all day, drop the kids off and then lie in bed all day. Yeah. Couldn't manage any of the things that she was always doing before. Uh, had never touched a painkiller in her life yeah. up until that point. And uh, she basically uh, made a decision one day that, uh, that, uh, obviously affected all of us and she decided that she didn't want to be here anymore. So, um, you know, overnight I became, uh, a single father of three kids. They were five, seven and nine at the time. That was in really 2014. Yeah. Three little kids. And that my friend is what kind of uh, led me to the sabbatical. I had the good fortune of having invested in real estate before that. Um, and I relied on my real estate to fund that sabbatical. What I thought might be a one year sabbatical two year ended up being a four, four full years. I just back in 2018, late in 2018, where I met Kim was at a conference, uh, where I decided, you know what, I'm going to come out and start talking about my story. Yeah. I'm going to start, I'm going to start, uh, helping other fathers because, uh, let's just say now after she passed away. There was another kind of uh, going through that sabbatical, obviously, like mourning her loss. Yeah. Literally crying myself to sleep every day. Yeah. Like I, you know, you, you just the devastation of it all. You simply can't fathom. Yeah. Uh, when you go until you go through something like that. So but one of the other roles that I had to go through was we were the executors of each other's estate. So it's something that I had never gone through before. But remember, I was educated as a professional accountant. Yeah. And I was an entrepreneur and a real estate investor. So legal contracts, all this, like just paperwork and all that stuff. It was okay for me. I was yeah. actually not bad at it, but I had problems with that whole role, the executor role and just simple things. Like I didn't know some of her passwords. I didn't know her safe deposit box key was like, I couldn't, like, you know, I, I couldn't answer questions that companies had. And it just became a very difficult process. And during that process, I started talking with other fathers and I asked the uncomfortable question and I just said, Hey, listen, man, like, you know, well, as I was going through that, Brian, like deep down, uh, you know, like when we talk about kind of our fears, yeah, the fearful question I asked myself was, Oh man, in this case, it was my wife who passed away. What happens if it was me? Yeah. Because I was the one focused on all that stuff yeah. I had. If, if it was me, Brian, my wife, like, let's just say, would not have known where to begin. Yeah. She wouldn't have known where anything was, what we owned, what we didn't own, et cetera. Yeah. 
And then I bring that up to other fathers as, cause then it's, it's a level of concern for me. Yeah. And, uh, let's just say the answers weren't good. Okay. 95% of the cases, fathers were going to be in the same boat as me. And if they, and I don't know if they've ever tried to have those conversations. They're not as much as they're logistical ones. conversations. They sure don't feel that way. And nope. so even if your intention is to talk about it, the chance that you'll actually succeed and like we've tried several times. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's really, it's a hard thing to face. It's a hard thing to think about. It's overwhelming for someone who is not minded in that way to begin with. Totally. Uh, it's really, I don't think anyone, I don't think it's even crossing people's minds. And it's like the AAA slogan, you know, sooner or later you break down and join AAA. It's like, that's <laughs> yes. not the time to figure this out. You yes. can't just wait a on the side of, of the road a little longer. A little bit of planning, a little bit of preparation, uh, that's kind of our motto is we help fathers financially prepare for life's curveballs. Mm. Okay. Curveballs are going to happen. In my case, it was the passing of my spouse. It could be something less, it, uh, a job loss, a disability, yeah, an accident. Like there, it could be so many different things that fathers, especially the fathers who were in my role, who were responsible for overseeing family finance. Yeah. Right. It's, it's a conversation that, uh, and we'll talk about a couple of things that not have, and I was in the same boat as some of these audience members. Uh, they may not have had those conversations like I didn't. Yeah. Uh, we did have wills, but we're going to talk about a couple of things, mistakes that I had made, uh, which cost uh, over and above her loss. It cost quite a bit of money as well. Yeah. So, you know, I, I will encourage the audience that, yes, it's not easy, but if you are responsible, then I'll just say that. You're going to put, just think about it in case something happens, then just ask yourself, what would your family do? Yeah. How would they, the morning is going to be there regardless. Yeah. yeah. Now you have to see, are you going to add more stress to them or are you going to take some steps now to potentially reduce that level of stress? Yeah. Jay, can I ask you a bit about the four-year process? Yes. What, what do you think drove the length of that? Was it like, I'm, I'm so curious about the the lead up to her passing yes. was something to mourn in and of itself. So was <laughs> this, were you surprised with the length because it's what you needed or was it after a certain point you realized, you know, was it about your kids? Like, I'm, I'm curious what, what defined the length for you and how do you know that it's time to move forward? How do you know when the sabbatical's over? Great question. Uh, so for me, again, let's just say we were talking the day after she passed away. I was running a business. I was running a mobile marketing agency. We were doing well. Like we had a lot of clients and I had to shut it all down Yeah, because I just couldn't deal with any client requests, et cetera. So, um, it was not a planned out process. It was just simply, uh, you know, like a cat, <laughs> if a cat goes outside and gets into a little battle, the cat comes home and it just kind of goes into the corner, curls up and it just licks its wounds and just takes it easy. That's kind of what it was like for me. Mm -hmm. I just had to internally retreat from the outside, from the business, from the real estate, from everything. And I just had to focus on my three children and myself. Yeah. Uh, again, you've lost your spouse. She was 41 years old at the time. Mm -hmm. And it's like, uh, okay, now what do I do? So let's just say that that process, I did not start with any sort of defined. I thought maybe a year People are telling me, you know, like a year at least and all that. And then 
after the year, um, I was still going through the executor process. I didn't get to that wow. right away. Yeah. Right. Like I didn't, I didn't start that. Like I waited, I think it was like almost six months before I really started that whole process. Yeah. Um, and that's just more because there were deadlines coming up that I had to respect or else I wouldn't even, have, uh, I think I might even have delayed that. Yeah. But, uh, cause then there's finality to it all. Right. You're dealing with that. Yeah, now she's gone. It's something like, to face. Yeah. She's yeah. not coming back yeah. and she's gone. And now you're telling the government about it and writing it all yeah. down in numbers. Right. It's a yeah. very cold thing, but, uh, it had to be done. Yeah. So I, uh, then in the, in the middle of it, I, I think it was basically after that one year, I started realizing that, okay, man, like, uh, my kids and I were starting to adjust. I luckily had quite a bit of, uh, help from uh, the two grandmas, both my mother and her mother were both very helpful in taking over a lot of the elements of that kid's cycle, yeah. domestic cycle. But when it came to spending time with them, that's what it became about for me. It was like, I just want to be here all the time mm -hmm. with them, mm -hmm. right? I don't want to be at a meeting. I don't want to be going to a conference. I just didn't care. All I wanted to be was there for them. So that is what really, uh, as I saw them, especially my youngest at the time, she was five. She's the one who had the most trouble with it. Sure. Yeah. So that's the, that's really the basis of the answer is that it took her a lot more time to adjust. And I just spent so much time with her trying to make sure she's okay. And just talking with her, we have open conversations. I have open conversations with my kids, Brian, about their mom. Yeah. And, uh, cause obviously we live in the same area. We've moved houses, but things we see remind us of her. Um, yeah. particularly yesterday was my son's grade eight graduation and she missed it. You yeah, know what I mean? She wasn't moments, there. Yeah. So yeah. Um, it's one of those things that, yeah, the memory of her is never going to leave. Uh, so for them now, four years, you know, four years kind of later, I saw my youngest adjusting well. Yeah. And that's when I said, okay, now when I look back at it, remember I had a lot of business experience. I had run multiple businesses, but now I was starting fresh and previous businesses were always kind of profit motived, right? Like they, the motive was, all right, how am I going to make money at this business? Yeah. This was the first business in my life, Brian, where I was like, okay, how am I going to make an impact? Mm. I wasn't thinking of when, when I started a year ago, I wasn't thinking of, uh, how the money gets made. Yeah. I was thinking of how do I get out there and help other people who's, who may be going through depression and addiction themselves, who potentially are, have a family member going through it, but really I'm no expert in that. So I just talked to my, I, I talked about my story yeah. so you can go get the help you need, but the financial stuff. Yeah, I am pretty comfortable with, I'm pretty adept at, uh, many people have told me that I can explain financial concepts really well. So that's where I decided that's my impact. Mm. I can help other fathers. And if I can help other fathers, if this is what it really came down to in the sense of my mission. If I help other fathers get themselves financially prepared and just overall better educated financially, just better educated, just yeah. know more stuff about your stuff then they can teach their kids. And now we're start talking generational stuff, right? Because there's a lot of fathers out there who are in some trouble. And you know what? We look back at the belief systems and how they were brought up, what environment they were brought up in, you'll start seeing similarities. And that's the cycle I want to break.
Yeah. And uh, and financially prepared uh, really does not have as much money as you are as much as you might think about uh, how much money you make. Yeah. You could be a young father just getting started out. If you have a good plan and you get prepared, you're doing really well. I know people who are making, you know, six figures, mid six figures a year. Uh, they wouldn't have a clue where anything is. Yeah. They're still spending more than they make. Yeah. So like making is um, how much money you make is a part of it. It's not the biggest thing. So I don't want to, for fathers to let that get in the way. Yeah. Um, well maybe that takes some of the scare out for some folks and for others to be aware that the flip side of money isn't, uh, isn't the key. It doesn't just cause you have money coming in doesn't mean you're okay either. It's not about the money. It's about That's what right. you're doing or not doing with it and what your relationship is with it, both you and your partner. 100%. 100%. Like, uh, it breaks my heart when I, when I hear people who, um, uh, let's just put it this way. If there's, if there's people in the audience who are concerned with how much money they make, then all I'll ask them to do is go look at a, how can they upgrade their skills? Mm-hmm. I have a saying with my children, like they got, my children been brought up in an entrepreneurial household. Okay. So even from a young age, yeah, they get I've it. been teaching them about business and everything. So I have a saying with them, skills pay the bills. So if you're not happy with how much money you make, you have to acquire better skills Mm -hmm. that other people value, especially if you don't want to do a business, fine, no problem. You go work for a company or another organization, they're going to value certain skill sets. Get those skill sets, acquire them. And then the second part is really question, how do you use your 24 hours? I I have a brother-in-law who is in that boat. He complains about how much money he makes. Uh, but then when I look at how does he spend his time, it's spent playing video games, it's been hanging out with buddies, it's spent, uh, doing things which let's say don't require any skills. Mm -hmm. They are entertainment, not education. Yeah. So that, that's the best advice I can give for people who are unhappy with the money that they're making as a little side note. But those are the type of things that, um, we, we talk about with fathers. Yeah. It's the stuff fathers need to hear because if that's their constraint, no one's going to, no one's going to like, just like give you money. So you have yeah. to be worthy of that money by acquiring the skills necessary, uh, in exchange for that. money. Yeah. So that's what, that's what I'll ask people to do. How do you make yourself more valuable? Mm-hmm. Start with that question and your road can be different. So on, uh, people just giving you money, you haven't said anything about insurance, life insurance. Okay. Is that ever, well, is that ever in the, I'm an insurance guy. So that's always in the back of my head, but you know, that, that is another key wow. piece of this, which is also incredibly hard to talk about. And, and you get a raised eyebrow. Why are you asking me about that? Or why do you know? No, you know what? Uh, well, I think that my own story here when it comes to life insurance will tell it will uh, earlier. You had a concern that certain fathers may not be comfortable yeah. after they hear what I'm about to say. Uh, I think they're going to be a lot more They'll comfortable talk. talking about it. So, uh, we had wills, which is a great step of what, what I talk about at Prepared Fathers, how to get financially prepared for life's curveballs. Yeah. Getting a will has nothing to do with how much money you make. The second thing is life insurance. So, Brian, I didn't have any life insurance on my wife. So that, as a general policy, easily would have been somewhere in the neighborhood of three hundred to $500,000 minimum. Mm-hmm. I didn't receive that money because you know what I was like members of the audience were back then. I just didn't consider it as much. Or when I considered it, 
I let the thought flee very quickly and I did nothing with it. Again, there was no action taken, right? Everything in our success comes from the action steps we've taken. I didn't take the action step. Yeah. I let it, I was ignorant about it. I didn't get any. So now you can imagine that that money would have been super helpful in dealing, helping with my kids, et cetera. Um, again, I had the reasonable fortune of, I was focused on real estate. Yeah. So I utilized some real estate, cashed it out. And that kind of acted as my insurance policy, but I didn't have an insurance plan. Yeah. And again, so a huge critical mistake as a father at the time with three young kids, not having life insurance was putting my family at enormous risk. Yeah. Once again, I asked myself, Oh shoot, if it was me, Oh my goodness. Yeah. Like it, it would have been brutal. Yeah. So it's because um, you have the income. And yes. so when people who value life insurance against income, it's like, it's not income. It's about their contribution to the family and childcare is incredibly expensive or we're yes. thinking about. So I, my financial advisor put it to me when I was like, well, you know, this is what she makes. So, you know, thinking about this for the amount, and he said, well, let me ask you something. If your wife was gone, what would you do for work? Would you still be in the same job or would you take a job where you travel less or have fewer hours or whatever? And I was like, oh, you know, I didn't think about that. I'd probably want to make sure I wasn't gone half the time and working crazy hours and, you know, take my, my kid to and from school. Totally. And he's like, okay, so what happens to your salary then? Mm -hmm. I was like, all right, now, you know, you have to start to think of it. Like you said, you're putting your family at risk. It is a family level calculation, not an individual one. And unfortunately we do it at the individual level usually. Couldn't have said it better myself. Very, very true. And it's the big mistake. It's a huge mistake we make, right? Yeah. So um, when I talk about uh, things that fathers can do to get to start getting financially prepared, now those, these are the items. It's make sure you have a will, right? Yeah. Because uh, we did. If you don't, the government, there's another reason. The government, if something happens to you, the government is going to take a a much higher share than what they're entitled if you do not have a will. And B, it's going to take longer yeah. because your wishes are not expressed in writing that they could use to expedite something. So that's going to, again, it's going to hurt your family in the future if something happens to you. Uh, everything here is if. It's not, you know, it's going to happen for sure, but it, let's let's be prepared, especially if we're the ones responsible. Yeah. So that's that's what we talk about. It's, yeah, how do you get prepared? So that you feel good about it. And that's it. Like then uh, we talk about developing kind of the plan. So getting a will, getting proper insurance, talking with your insurance rep, making sure you're getting the right advice and then getting a plan suitable for your own situation. If you're an investor, you have a lot of mortgages, you have more debt, you're probably going to need more, yeah. more, more policy. But uh, let's say you have your one house or something, then it's a little bit less you need. But got to factor in how many kids you have, what ages they are, et cetera, et cetera. So. Uh, that would be kind of a second step. And then the third one, you broached it, uh, Brian, was the conversations. Mm -hmm. You know, the conversations are really tough to have. Yeah, they are. Especially, uh, they're even tough to have even if you get along with your family members. Not just your spouse, by the way. Yeah. Older adult kids, elderly parents, uh, et cetera. Siblings. Yeah. Step family. Oh, geez. Step yeah. families, when those situations get going, like you should really... If you have a step family and there's all these people, you should really get something down on paper yeah. so that 
it can be clear, right? So these type of steps, uh, you everything I've talked about doesn't require tons of money. So yeah. I don't want fathers to get hung up. Oh, I don't have the money to do. No, like these are the steps you take. You set it, and then you just review it once in a while. It's not a daily thing. It's it's the work up front. It's highly leveraged work. Mm-hmm. It provides you good leverage because once you do it, you will feel better. Yeah. You will feel a sense of relief, and you'll just know. And your and your spouse, especially if she's the non or you know like the spouse is non financial. Yeah. Then having all your stuff organized. And just at least letting them know, if something happens to me, look here. Yeah. There you go. Now it provides that thing of, um, it, it, let's just say that it would have been something that I wish I would have done when my wife was here. Sure. And yeah. when I first started having kids. Yeah. And since you can't, you there is no time machine. You made that right. that decision that if I'm going to leave an impact, if I'm going to help people, it's going to be, in a sense, it's the time machine you wish you had, but you're paying it forward or, or sideways or whatever to other yes. people before it's too late. And, I, and it, it is absolutely something that I think we all have those moments like, oh yeah, I should get this. I yep. I bought life insurance because I was on a really turbulent flight when my wife was pregnant and we were about to close on our first house. And wow. it hit me as like, oh my God, that mm-hmm. like little policy my employer has that's like, you know, 50% of my salary or something. That, you know, Not we it. were just renting a little one bedroom apartment together or I was single. Fine. But mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, I, I got scared into it. But, you know, what do you do with those bigger moments that um, actually, you know, Jay, it's, it's interesting that after my wife got sick, I have tried yes. to talk to her about these things a couple of times. Yes. And it's almost because she got sick, the need is greater or clearer. Like we've had yes. the the close to manifestation of like, wow, we really need to get this in order. But it's also made the conversation so much harder because for her, it instantly brings her right back to that moment. Um, so that's been the hardest thing for us to, to navigate is like, it's sort of, it's a double-edged sword. It's making the whole need much more crystal clear in a way that a lot of people it's, it's a, what if that do they feel vulnerable or invincible? And, you know, boy, we don't need to worry about that. Versus like, this is just too much. I can't, I can't handle, handle it. it. Yeah. And I understand I always, both of those. Uh, I always advise fathers in that situation. Uh, the commonality is the children. Yeah. For the sake of the children, let's talk about this. For the sake of the children, let's go through this process. Once it's done, we don't have to talk about it anymore. Yeah. That type of an idea is really what I encourage fathers to do. And a lot of the steps, especially, remember, if you're the one responsible, this is in layers, right? Like you would still kind of collect all your paperwork, put it all in one place and all that stuff. That you should do regardless of a conversation with your spouse. For sure. Once that's done, now's the time to have a good conversation with your spouse because you can show your spouse. This is kind of what it is. Just give you a general overview of everything because they don't normally, their mind doesn't work that way. They don't think about those things a lot. So just a general overview and saying, here is where you find everything in case. That is really the goal that I want fathers to reach. Once you reach that level, hey, then it's there and you can use it when and if necessary. Yeah. That's really what's important. Yeah. I feel good on the me part. The, I've I've collected my stuff, um, the password stuff that never occurred to me. 
That's oh, a yeah. really good safe point. deposit box. God. Like she had stuff in her safe deposit box. It took me like six months to order another key. The bank was slow. They lost some paperwork. Like it was ridiculous. And you you think that there would be compassion and process for those situations? No. And yeah, it's it's much more painful. That like think about what's gone on here. Now yep. is the time when you're going to get, uh, you know, sort of rulesy and difficult and logistics with people. But but that is what it is. Uh, the big banks, yeah, there's no, and you know what, they, uh, they actually, the paperwork required was heaviest at the bank. Yeah. Like I'm sure. death certificates and like just, uh, the will, they had to see everything, right? Like everything had to be sent to them. Like yeah. it was, yeah, it's not, uh, and I didn't know how to, uh, or what to expect there, but yeah. once, but having dealt with banks before, I know that they're usually. Yeah. And no one's empowered to understand yeah. and have compassion and help them have because there's That's i mean right. you know how many teeny banks are there anymore where that could be the way it is it's you know they're agree. mega tens of billions of dollars hundreds of thousands of employees national yes yeah. exactly so yeah it uh it didn't work that way so these are again i share all of these experiences because uh some of them are mistakes some of them are just what happened in life and uh you know i'll thank you for basically kind of bringing it up and asking me the questions because this is something your audience needs to hear. I'll, I'll ask your audience, right? Like if this type of an event happened in your life, like what would you do? Yeah. Would you, would you go back to work on Monday? Would you like take some time off? Would you be able to take some time off? Right. Again, I had a backup plan yeah. with real estate, but I, I never, uh, and again, let's clear that. Like when I started building a real estate portfolio, I never said I'm building this real estate portfolio in case my wife passes away. For sure. Yeah. It was all those vision board items, right? Like, yeah. because I want to do this or I want to go here. But at the end of the day, that four years, um, that was all funded by a yeah. real estate portfolio, which I started building like seven, eight years before that. Yeah. So, you know, like that was my backup plan. But uh, for fathers out there who don't have that, the life insurance is really your next gap. It's yeah. that's how you fill that gap. Yeah. So I highly encourage them to take some steps here. Um, by the way, I know some fathers would just, they'd love a kind of a, like a simple breakdown, a simple checklist. Um, so your audience, I create a little uh, checklist, which I make sure that every father who wants it can get. Uh, I'll just, uh, I'll just pass out the link. If you want to go to www.preparedfathers.com forward slash day. And you can go there. It's a three-step, like a, kind of a financial security checklist. Kind of make sure that you have, remember, you see those things, dot your, t uh, dot your I's, cross your T's. If you follow that and follow some of the steps in there, I think you'll do, uh, you'll be well on your way. Yeah, I have to say, um, in a very calming way, but I'm feeling very unsettled right now because you've, uh, <laughs> you've woken me up to, so like I, I have been, I've been really focused on me going away and what that would mean, you know, for my wife and son. Mm -hmm. um, and I do feel very well prepared, short of all of my passwords to whatever random bank accounts or whatever. But she knows two people to reach out to who have all the information and will see her through the process. Excellent. But yeah, I, I like the only thing I can think of is I know her computer password. And then mm -hmm. I'll go into Safari and get the passwords in there and hope that I know all the places to look. 
to get into things because otherwise I have no idea. Yeah. And then it's a quite yeah. and and she doesn't she's has not been comfortable getting life insurance. She doesn't want to go through the tests and all that. And and I get that. Right. And it's upsetting for yes. like I understand all that. So for me, it's like whatever she has put away is that's effectively the life insurance policy. And I would need help. I understand. You know? Mm-hmm. Um yeah. But you, it's what really I, important. It man. is. And and I didn't think so I've always gone about it with the uh the what if you conversation. And so it's forcing her to look at something that's really difficult and really upsetting. Or what if I, which like, yeah, I mean, that that's, it's scary too in a different Might way. Might even be more upsetting for her. Might even be more upsetting. Maybe. I don't know. Right. I'll, I'll leave that, I'll leave that to her to decide. But I think if sure. she stops and thinks about it, yeah. She, she also, I know she knows how, like how much preparation there has been. The emotional side mm-hmm. and like, you know, the impact on our son, definitely. But at least she knows like she wouldn't lose the house, you know, things like that. Um, mm-hmm. but what I've never thought about Jay, and this is, I think this is of everything you've said yes to, you know, the process and the checklist, that's the how in making it happen. And I want to get into that. Um, mm-hmm. so I'm excited to see that myself, but the single most important thing that you've said to me is opening my eyes to how to have the conversation around our son. Cause Very I've, important. N- I've never done that. Because I've been so, the only times I brought it up, it's been out of fear of the individual who we're talking about mm-hmm. existing or not existing. And that is a really hard thing to expect someone to resonate with versus where the two of us are completely focused and that's on him. Totally understand. Yeah. Um, I want to throw in another little tip here and you might be able to fill in the gap. There's a, a slightly more advanced step is having powers of attorney. Yes. For each other, yeah. A in the area of financial doesn't always necessarily have to be the spouse. Especially the non-financial spouse may not want to be in charge of the financial uh, power of attorney. So yeah. you may involve someone else in that. And then there's a health power of attorney. Yeah, your health wishes. So again, slightly more advanced, but for fathers who kind of want to cover the gamut here, this, these are the type of things that you look at and put in place. Yeah, it's. Put in place, really. That, that's all I'm getting to is uh, the conversations can flow from having them put in place because uh, then they can see the end result. Yeah. Right. Uh, it's more important that way. And it's more impactful that way. It's done. Yeah. Here you go, honey. Like, look, it's in this binder or whatever. It's in this file or yeah. on this stick or whatever it is. Doesn't matter. As long as it's all in one place and it's the most important stuff you'll need with contact information, et cetera. Now you're doing your, now you're doing your work, right? Like now you're prepared and life goes on Yeah. and hopefully you never, and she never has to use it for a very, very, very long time, decades and decades. But yeah. again, uh, let's get ready. Uh, and then now, and now I'm a single father, right? My children are now like basically 10, 12, 14, and I've had to have tough conversations with them. My 14 year old, my son is Again, unfortunately, just by the loss of his mom, he's had to grow up a little quicker than necessary. Yeah. He knows. He's the one who knows about all my stuff. Yeah. My executor of my will knows as well, my sister. But yeah. my son, 14, knows all of these things already. Yeah. So it's one of those things where uh, I went through the experience. And again, the mourning and all that or whatever. Again, it doesn't have to be a death. It could be another experience, which is going to be super painful. Yeah. But at least having it ready now, uh, after having, after not having it ready before and going through that executor experience and just 
it, it, it just magnifies the pain over and over and over again because yeah. there's so much difficulty with it. Uh, but now, yeah, I'd feel, I feel much more at relief, right? Much more at a sense of peace Yeah. that, uh, you know, life goes on and I look forward to every day, you know, doing, doing shows like this and getting that message out there and really kind of shaking the tree for fathers because, uh, yeah, that's, uh, if you're responsible for your family's finance, isn't this kind of a necessary thing to yeah. really put in place? It's right, right? back to your that's, point. It's not just dollars. That's right. Oh, yeah. Whether U.S. or Canadian. And we're Canadian. So, yeah, yeah, American dollars are, uh, it's like it's like a 30 cents now (laughs) extra we we pay. But, yeah, again, for your situation, for your household, if you're in charge, again, as fathers, we come up with that whole message of we're the providers, we're the protectors. If you don't have this, I don't think you can really kind of say that we're providing and protecting, right? Like, how how are we doing so if we don't? have these things in place. And again, I was in the camp, right? Like, it's not like I'm saying, Oh, holier than now. I had to go through the painful experience to change. I'd rather your audience not have to go through a painful experience to change. I'd rather they just take some action for themselves right now and their family for the sake of their children. Let's get something going here. Like take some steps. Don't let this be another podcast where you hear about something good. A story was told it's impactful, but then you do nothing. Yeah, that then it's just a, then you and this I are is, just having conversations. Yeah, right? and this is a very doable kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, it, it's interesting as I reflect on this interview versus a lot of the others, where you know it's it's some painful, traumatic backstory. You have that, and then it's about the personal growth. And you also had that, and you took several years for yourself and your kids. That's right. But you're our conversation feels different from others because it is very practical and purposeful, but that's back to your growth and what you built coming out of that is to have that impact. And so I, you know, for anyone who's like, well, this is more logistical than other conversations in a sense, but it's because you are so focused on that purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, we can all find a financial planner who will tell us the same things. That's not what you are. And you're coming no. from a place of, look, I lived through this and you don't have to go through the same whatever the context, the same process. I have a friend who had a heart attack and was incapacitated and there was a little bit of a battle between his fiance and his family over what to Mm -hmm. do. And there was a healthcare proxy and she had it and that's how they were able to sort that out. And what she wanted to do was his wishes and he's okay today. But knowing what was going on while he was incapacitated, Mm -hmm. he's very thankful for having had that in place because if his family the rest of his family had moved ahead. That's not what he wanted to have happen. Totally understand. That's, but it takes that planning. Wonderful. Yeah. Yes. It's it's planning and preparation. I I call it preparation. Uh, Planning, like a financial planner will say, you know, their, their world is more, well, let's project out 20, 30 years. You're retiring. How much money are you going to need? Investments got to grow at X growth rate. They talk a lot about that stuff. Um, but preparation for life's curveballs. If I mention these events, right, like a death, a disability, a divorce, a job loss, a recession, yeah, these are all life's curveballs. Yeah, planners don't necessarily talk to you about them, right? They don't say, "Are you ready for all of these things?" My thing is, are you ready for all these things? I don't talk to you about, you know, future growth of your assets and all those things. Like that's uh, again, uh, not my yeah. purest no, there's some, impact. There's a right person now. to have that conversation. 
Exactly. I did have one ask me if if we were expecting to be divorced in the next like two to five years. I was like, you just went through a checklist of the questions you're supposed to ask. That's a very awkward thing. Anyway, yep. um, this is uh, obviously incredibly necessary. Mm-hmm. And I think people are still going to struggle. So I appreciate you sharing the tools. Yes. But that the personal reason why this message resonates for you, mm-hmm. that should be a bit of a wake up call for everybody listening that like, this isn't just generalist advice. You've lived through it and you also saw how it can be avoided. Yes. Yes. Protection. That's, that's the word that stands out for me in all this. I was told Brian that, uh, in order to impact the world, you somehow have to take the worst day of your life and somehow convert it. Yeah. And again, I talk about it because I was unable to help my wife. All right. So it's the biggest regret of my life. I don't have many regrets as an entrepreneur. I've taken a lot of chances, et cetera. Goods, bads, wins, losses, all that is fine. Uh, but the biggest regret I have was I was unable to help my wife get out of that situation. I went through several years of pain because of that. And if someone can kind of reach out and help, then that's great. But that's on an area which I'm not qualified in. So yeah. I talk about that. But at the end of the day, I went through, that was the most painful day of my life by far. Yeah. So I try and use it to drive me to positively impact. And for parents who, or for people who've gone through situations like this, the one thing I keep in mind is, yeah, every day that that's how I, that's how I want to live my life. It's, it's impacting. Mm. And then the real driving force behind it is, is my kids are watching. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I want to show them that you can overcome resilience uh, or you can be resilient. You can overcome adversity. You can still go on and have a really, really wonderful life. And it's important to me to lead by example there. So yeah. they're growing up and watching it. They help me in the business. Uh, they have little roles in the business, each of them. That's great. So support your kids with that and lead by example. And when we've talked about all these conversations, talk with your kids as well. Yeah. Why not educate? Them? Uh, I, I don't know about where you went to school. When I was growing up, we didn't have finance classes in terms of personal finance no. and learning how to do things. No, no, no. Why is that? Like we're growing up, we're growing up in a first world country, but right behind oxygen, everyone needs money. Whether yeah. whatever your belief is about money, you still need it. Yet we were never trained on it. No. Most fathers who are out there overseeing their their family's finance, they were never trained. Yeah. So that's where again, the, then they get nervous about conversations and their decision making gets flawed mm-hmm. because they don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. So we want to help in all of those things. So uh, that's, uh, again, thank you for kind of having me on and asking me these questions. It's, I, I hope the audience really understands the value is in them taking the steps yeah. towards their situation, not us having the talk. Then yeah. we're just having a great conversation. Yeah. The value comes from them doing something. Jay, I have one, one other question to ask you on a different piece of the the change that comes out of it is you did mention back in the throes of everything that you were, you know, of the more like snap out of it mindset. That's right. Has this whole process evolved you in that respect too? And and I'm guessing it's in the interactions with your kids, you might get that test. Have you changed? 100%. Yeah. Well, you see, they now, obviously, they saw what was going on with mama. Like to them, that was what's happening here. Yeah. So they've lived a life where obviously they've already faced the death of someone so close to them. They saw those three years of what she was going through. Um, so how has it changed? 
Today, if I had to do it all over again, that's the best way I can answer the question, I would have been much more supportive, A. I would have insisted on, because again, as fathers, we're not trained in finance and we're not trained in any of that type of stuff no, either. No. How do you deal with a spouse uh, going through depression or addiction or postpartum or whatever it is? We don't know. Yeah. We don't have any idea. So again, it's one of those things where I would have became a lot more educated myself. Yeah. Again, my focus was somewhere else. Right. I, uh, uh, here, this is like someone, I don't know, maybe people might think a little bad of me here. I honestly didn't even know for the first eight months, Brian, yeah. that she had become addicted. Oh. I had no idea. I had no clue. Well, it was, she was hiding it from me yeah. and I didn't know. Yeah. All right. So it was like, wow, like, what do you mean? And the only reason I found out is I was looking for my keys. I reached into her purse. I saw the pill bottle. I looked at the date on it. It was only, it was supposed to have like 60 pills left in it, according to the two a day or whatever yeah. the dosage was. And it had like 10. Oh. And that's the first time I looked at her and I said, what's, what's going on here? What happened here? And I was stunned. I was like, wow. Um, so yeah, like sometimes, uh, people are good at hiding things. So yeah. as the spouse, that's something I would have done differently. Also, I would have maybe dug in a little more. I would have paid a little bit more attention. I would have been a lot more supportive and I would have insisted on professional help. Yeah. Okay. Like we're just not qualified. Like that's, yeah. that's a, that's a scenario that when I look back at it, uh, I could see her getting progressively worse and I was not helping matters. Yeah. Honestly, like it wasn't like I was like, it's okay, honey. Like, let me help. Like I didn't know what to do. So yeah. it was brutal, man. Like yeah. it was so bad. And again, I talk about it so that maybe if you are, if your spouse is going through something like this, yeah, you're going to have to be more supportive. The snap out of it message that's like years ago and it's old and it won't help at all. Yeah. It will make them feel worse. And that's obviously you're just continuing their negative cycle. Yeah, that's I, I call yep. it a negative vicious circle. You simply are contributing more. It, yeah, that's it. Yeah, hey, look, not, I, you, you I was in the same was in the same boat at the same time. 2011, for whatever yes. reason, uh, is mm -hmm. popping a lot in a lot of the interviews I do. Wow. What it was about the year, but um, yeah, and and I was of the same snap out of it. You're making this worse. Um, yep. Yeah. What about the kids? The kids are watching you, yeah. like all these things. And every little comment just made her feel slightly worse. Yeah. Chiseling Which away. Which drives further in the direction yeah, that you're right. telling them to snap out of. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So hopefully that will help. But again, no expert, but that was my experience. And I, I do believe that if you reveal your mistakes, they can provide a lot of value. Uh, actually, I think keeping mistakes to yourself, your own mistakes, is rather selfish. It's a mistake. Yeah, yeah, that's a mistake. It's yeah. selfish. Like help other people. Um, my kids, again, they have grown up and they're seeing, they're seeing what it's about. All right. Life does not necessarily have to be fair yeah. uh, to you. You get dealt. I, I, I teach them a saying, good things happen in life. Bad things happen in life. The only thing you can do is control how you react yep. to any of it. Yep. That's it. Yep, and my true. kids, yeah, they had to learn it at a very young age, but yeah. in a way, um, you know, I, I see that they benefit, they benefit in that way because they are mentally now quite a bit stronger having dealt that situation, going through that situation. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's my situation. So every father out there has got to think about their own situation, take the steps necessary for them, for them and their family. Yeah.
It's I, I really uh, I appreciate the advice and I applaud you for sharing it. I think it is pretty clear we all make mistakes. It's what we do with those mistakes and the lessons from them and try to help others from making because everyone makes the same mistakes in different ways. <laughs> um, yes. So Jay, thank, thank you so much for not just for coming on, but the work that you've been putting in over the past several years to try to help other people who are facing the same or similar situations that don't have to. That means okay. means a lot. You've certainly woken me up and I thought I was doing okay. There's There's better to do. There's nothing wrong with that. You can always grow. Definitely. So I encourage the audience members, go get that checklist, preparedfathers.com forward slash day, and it will give you the starting point, right? Like, yeah. Just start. Yeah. Get started, right? It's like when you're working out, if you haven't worked out for many, many, many years, just do the first workout yeah. and just download the checklist. Yep. Then read it. <laughs> just, it's not... You know, it's not meant to be heavy, heavy lifting. It's meant to try and make it as easy as possible from someone who's gone through it, but someone who can try and explain it to you in a way that you'll understand and that will simplify it. Trying, trying to simplify all this stuff for fathers is really, I've seen the important thing. I could get into lots of details and all that, but most fathers just need the, let me get started, the bare basics here. And that, that checklist will provide it. Great. Jay, thanks for coming on. You help, ready to help me close things out? You got it. All right. Today's a new day. Just do just do it. No, that's the Nike one. That's the Nike. <laughs> Go out and do it. Awesome. Go out and do it, folks. Um, I, Brian, uh, pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank for you very much. Me. All right. Take care. Wow. Super important, valuable lessons in here. Obviously, the story is that's uh, yeah, terrible. You know, it's really, really terrible. And it's just think of those kids. You know, it, it, this one's very personal for me. Um, but I think that, you know, we, as we listen to these stories, they're also powerful reminders that you look at what Jay is doing today. And uh, A, the fact that he's doing anything and he's uh, so committed to what he's doing, that shows that these terrible moments, these tragedies do not have to permanently define us as lost. We can move forward even though we have this loss. Uh, and we're not disrespecting the loss, but we're not stuck in it either. So that's A. And B, Jay wouldn't be able to do what he does without having suffered that loss. Or it wouldn't come through in the same genuine way with that same true firsthand experience and understanding. So, you know, it's why so many of these guests that I have, um, they go through really like incredible, intense, often horrible things. And yet you don't hear them saying, if I could do it over again, I wouldn't. Um, it's not to say that, you know, you wish this upon anyone else. It's not to say that uh, Jay wouldn't have his wife back and happy and with the kids. And, you know, it, it's not about any of that. You, you can't do those things. So what can you do given that they have happened? Uh, and you can do it from so much more of um, an honest, empathetic, compassionate, firsthand depth of understanding place. Jay's a great example of that. I know you're going to go to preparedfathers.com slash day and get that checklist. I've already downloaded it, so you guys should too. Uh, really, really valuable. And... Um, you know, again, it doesn't matter if you're a father or a mother or something else. This, the knowledge is broader than that, and we all need it. So thank you to Jay 
for sharing so much with us. I hope that you guys take it back in and grow from it. And you can obviously keep taking in and growing from Do A Day and everything that I'm putting out here through other episodes of the show. If you subscribe, please do leave a comment and a rating on iTunes if you are so inclined, good or bad. I love the feedback. I need the feedback. And of course, those feedback stars, the recommendations, those help us to grow the show. And make sure you're signed up for my updates If you go to brianfalchuk.com or doadaybook.com, you get a quick pop-up asking you to sign up if you're interested. The reason why is because the 50-75-100 solution is coming out soon, and that's the best way to stay up to date on it. Or, of course, you can follow me on social media at brianfalchuk, and you can see all that. So, most important step one, preparedfathers.com slash day. Get that checklist and start getting things in order so you don't have to worry about them at a time when you shouldn't. That is what you can go out and do right now in this day. Thanks, everyone.